Well, good morning. It's uh, fantastic to see you all here this morning. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is uh, Sean and I'll be hosting and uh, responsible elder this morning. Um, as always, we love it, you know, to see new folk. And so if you are, uh, this is your first time, very warm welcome. And I hope you are uh, greeted by many people, but especially by some of our folks, our welcome team in the uh, yellow polo shirts. And uh, they've uh, just helped you and uh, maybe hopefully given you a welcome pack as well. As a church, we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe that God speaks to us today, and uh, so we, we love it when we have contributions, when we have uh, words of knowledge, prophecies, scripture, prayer, and uh, in, in order for everyone to hear, it's, uh, it's best to use the microphone, so please do come to the front, speak to me, and we can uh, work out how that will best fit in. Uh, children, you'll be in for the first three songs, probably. And then Katie will release you downstairs. Parents, please take your children down and register them. If you are new and you don't know where to go, follow the crowd, be going out that door, and uh, maybe just ask someone as you go uh, where to go. You may have uh, noticed that there's a, a few, an envelope and a leaflet on your uh, seat. If you didn't, you maybe want to stand up and check to see if you're sitting on it. It is our gift, start of our gift week this week, which is a, an opportunity where we give back to God. Um, but you can park that for now, and Andrew will explain a little bit more later on uh, what it's all about. I'm going to hand over to Katie, who has the plan for this morning, as we worship. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Can I invite you, if you're willing and able, can I invite you to stand? I'd love to say I have a plan, but actually I think we're just winging it this morning. We're, God's got the plan, not me. It's not my plan, it's his plan. So we're going to go with that this morning, and I'm sure it's going to be really amazing. He's our
that you are the good news thank you that you bring hope thank you that you bring love thank you that you bring joy thank you that we can come today and stand before you in worship and know your goodness know your faithfulness and know your undoubting love for us we love you Lord we come into your presence this morning and come and worship you.
It's time for our children and young people to go downstairs to their groups. As Sean said earlier, if you're new here and you're not sure where to go, typically we exit via that back door over there and you're welcome to follow people and I'm sure that somebody would be really happy to tell you where you need to take your children.
Paul wrote in to the Romans, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies, who then is the one who condemns. No one, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? I just felt as we were worshipping our incredible God, that reminder that he, he is for us, that he's not against us. And so if he is for us, who can be against us? And I, I know that when, when we come on a Sunday morning, there are going to be folk who have just come in off of a two-hour worship session in the morning. You know, they're, they're so close to God, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to them, and they, they come in, and yeah, this is just a continuation. And yet for others who come, maybe you've been arguing with the kids, maybe you've been arguing with your partner, maybe your neighbor's been noisy all night, maybe you haven't slept, maybe you're feeling ill. Maybe worshipping God is a struggle for you but God sees that and he delights in your worship and he just wants to remind you that he is for you that he is with you that he will never leave you or forsake you that you can trust him even in the darkest darkest times our God is faithful he demonstrated it on the cross incredible love incredible sacrifice for us and I, and I just feel that out of all of this this worshiping of our incredible God I pray that you will see his love for you this morning his delight over you that he cares for you that it's not just the person next to you or someone across the room, but he cares for you. In a moment, uh, Andrew's going to come and bring God's word, but I just want to pray before we do that. Lord, you are so incredible. You are the one who created all things. You hold everything together, but also you know each of us by name. You love each of us so much. And I pray, Lord, that as we just continue this morning, your spirit would be speaking into our hearts. Yes, there may be challenges, there may be things to change, but most of all, I pray, Lord, that we would know the love of the living God welling up within us. We would know your heart for us, and we would know that you are not just with us in this place, but you are with us wherever we go. As far as the east is from the west, you've taken our sins away, but also, no matter where we go, to the east or to the west, you go with us. You are such a good, good Father. And I pray, Lord, that we would know 
you more this morning, Lord. Amen. Please take your seats. Thank you, guys. I wonder whether at times you pause and you reflect you perhaps ask yourself questions about how am I doing in life? What's going on in my life? Maybe it's to do with your job and you have a work reviewer, uh, an appraisal, I think is the, the current phrase people use for it. And, and it causes you to think, oh, what, I, what am I doing with my life? What's the value to my life? What am I, uh, what, has, has my life been successful? Maybe you do that with other aspects of your life. You... Um, Consider um, perhaps how you're doing with raising your children, um, with other relationships, your relationship with your spouse. Um, maybe it's about what you want to achieve, being a top sportswoman, a successful businessman, um, uh, uh, maybe a, comp- uh, a person who's known for being compassionate or for loving. And uh, uh, maybe you're inspired by... Um, somebody like Mother Teresa and you think, yeah, I want to be like them. I wonder, do you ask yourself that question? What's the fruit of my life? What's going to be the fruit of my life? I think often we can answer that sort of question by, by thinking about our children. Well, the fruit of our life is our children and we bring them up to be uh, good people, however we want to define good, God-fearing people. Uh, and you know, that, uh, please, I'm not decrying any of these things. But at the same point in time, I want to encourage us to stop today and to reflect and say, how is my life fruitful? In what way is my life fruitful? You see, it seems to me that right from the beginning of creation, man was called to be, mankind was called to be fruitful. Genesis 1.28, part of the phrase of Genesis 1.28 is be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. Now, some people say, well, be fruitful is about multiplying. Others go, mm, that could be one, one part of it, but actually there is a call to fruitfulness. And it certainly appears in the scriptures, throughout scriptures, there is that essence of uh, creation for mankind is to be fruitful. What's the fruit of your life? This is a question you every so often stop and ask yourself. How am I doing it in being fruitful? And of course, I guess if we're going to ask, uh, am I being fruitful, we then need to find a way of measuring that fruitfulness, of working out, well, is that of real value? What is of real value? What is of real worth? And uh, of course, the, the best place we can go to do that is the scriptures. And um, today we're going to explore uh, some of Jesus' teaching on being fruitful. And we're going to, uh, if you have your Bible with you, we're going to turn to John chapter 15. It will be coming up on the screen as well. So 
Um, don't worry, if you haven't got your Bible, you'll be able to read it on the screen in a moment. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to explore one of Jesus' seven statements recorded in John where he says, I am. In fact, it's the final one. And he says, he is the vine. And um, what's interesting to note here is that Israel, historically Israel, was uh, called to be fruitful and they were compared to being a vine or a vineyard. In, in Isaiah uh, chapter 5, verses 1 to 7, Isaiah 27, 2 to 6, Psalms 80 and 81, uh, Israel are told you have not been fruitful. God says he's going to uh, allow the vineyard to be devastated uh, because you have not been fruitful with uh, who you are as a people. I, my prayer is that that wouldn't be the case for our lives that we'd recognise the challenge which Scripture brings to us. And so let's uh, read uh, John uh, chapter 15, verses 1 to 11. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So remain in me and I will remain in you. No, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And Father, we, as we come to your word, we don't want to presume that we know what this is about, and we don't want to presume that we're all fine, Father. We want to hear from your word and expose our hearts to your word and ask, Lord, that you would come and speak into our hearts and lives by your Spirit. You would help us to see all that you have for us today, all that you want to speak to us today about. Come, we ask, Lord. Come, Spirit of God, help us. Thank you, you're a good, good father. <laughs> he loves your children. You provide for us in all sorts of ways, and you desire us to be fruitful. Now help us to grab hold of your word, Lord that it would yield a great fruit in our lives to the glory and honour of your name. Amen. Amen. 
I wonder what your experience of Vines is. Uh, Emma and I have just had a few days away, and as part of our time away, we were walking in Brockenhurst, and we walked past a restaurant. We weren't going into it, but we walked past a restaurant which had a, I think you called them a pergola in front of it, a wooden frame in front of it, where there was a vine growing on this wooden frame. And it was just covered in grapes. Absolutely covered in bunches of grapes. I mean, it was like probably every, certainly every six inches, 150 millimetres, if you're working metric, and um, uh, you would see another bunch of grapes and another bunch of grapes. And this pergola was probably something like five metres, maybe six metres long and probably two metres wide. So it was a big... Yeah, there was lots and lots of grapes. It had clearly been very well tended. And the grapes were almost there. Um, I don't know how many of you know Samuel Philippots. He's not here today. Uh, part of our church, Samuel and Sabrina, uh, he works with, at a vineyard uh, down near Alsford. And if he was been able to be here today, I was going to ask him some questions about how you tend a vine and things like that. Unfortunately, uh, this is harvest season for them. Uh, in the next uh, week to 10 days, while the weather's been good, they're keeping an eye on it very tightly because the weather can destroy the grape very quickly and uh, spoil it for the harvest and for producing, producing wine. And uh, so he's not, unfortunately, he's not able to be here today. But here's some observations I would like to make from the passage we've read about remaining in the vine, about fruitfulness ultimately. And the first is this. The father prunes the vine. Now that may feel really uncomfortable to you. But a well-pruned vine is a fruitful vine. In fact, if you don't prune a vine, you'll end up with dead wood. And you'll end up with bits which aren't so fruitful. And over the years, the fruitfulness will drop off if it's not well pruned. Jesus is the vine to which we have each been added. And as part of that vine, if you're in Christ, you're in Jesus, and Jesus is that vine, we are called to be fruitful. But sometimes, or actually quite often, to be fruitful, pruning is required. It's actually essential. Why? You think, why, why, why would the Father want to prune us? What do you mean he wants to prune us? What do you mean he wants to cut away dead wood? He desires us to be fruitful. So because he loves us, because he cares for us, he will tend us well and look after us well, and therefore he will uh, make sure that we are sufficiently pruned, not in a nasty way. I don't know about you, but you know, if you ever give me a pair of uh, secateurs in the garden, pruning can involve rather drastic measures. Let's put it that way. No, the father is the perfect gardener. He just takes off enough to encourage fruitfulness. Do you know we can trust God? It's so, so important. I sure didn't know where I was heading in this preach, but what Sean just brought before I preached, before I stood up, we can trust God. 
friends, do you know you can trust God? He's not going to, he's not, he's not me when it comes to gardening. <laughs> no, he's a perfect gardener. And he'll cut away just what's necessary to improve our fruitfulness, to help us to be fruitful with our lives. But of course, we have an option here. We can either embrace that, that pruning, or we can resist it. I wonder what you do when you feel the Father's hand at work in your life, perhaps speaking about an area of sin in our lives where he's just highlighting it and saying, come on, you need to deal with this. Where perhaps it's uh, around some personal disciplines, around prayer or uh, reading the word or other things where you just sense the Father's drawing you closer <laughs> and you say, oh, but God, that's going to involve time, that's going to involve energy. Perhaps it's in use of spiritual gifts. You know he's given you gifts of the Spirit, but you're holding back on them. Perhaps it's in the area of finance. Perhaps it's in the area of healing. Perhaps it, we could go on and on and on. Maybe the Father is wanting to speak to you today, or even has been speaking to you over these last days, about something where he's wanting to do some work in your heart, in your life, and you're holding back. I want to encourage you, friends, only a father who loves disciplines his children. That's what we're told in the scriptures. Discipline is actually good. <laughs> but it comes from a loving heavenly father. I wonder what he's doing in you. Let's understand the father prunes the vine. We are part of Jesus the vine. Jesus is vine, the true vine. Let's allow the Father to prune us. Let's not resist. Let's embrace. The second one is this. We are to remain in him. I don't know about you, but I've never seen a section of a vine which has been cut off from the, from the, um, from the, the root, as it were, still producing fruit. Funnily enough, you know, if you cut a bit of the, of the vine away it becomes dead. Very simple, isn't it? If we want to be fruitful, we need to remain in him. That's where fruitfulness comes from. True, long-lasting fruitfulness comes from being in him. That, therefore, as the passage tells us, therefore means if we're not in him, we will not have lasting fruit. What do I mean by lasting fruit? I mean godly fruit. Fruit when we come to the last day of our life and we come to stand before the throne of God in heaven. Do you live for that? I'm longing to hear that well done, good and faithful servant. That's what motivates me. Does it motivate you? Is that, is that, what you're, you know, is that what's shaping how you're living? Is that what's shaping how, where we give our time, our energy to? So I, I want to ask the question, what's it mean to remain in him? Now, I'm very aware I need to give an apology at this point to uh, Chris Ellis because he's going to be preaching on this in a few weeks' time and I'm going to steal part of his preaching now. But that's okay because we can then grow further into it and uh, we'll... Yeah, anyway, apologies, Chris. Um, What's it mean to remain in Jesus? The word literally is meno in the Greek, and it means to dwell, to dwell in God, to dwell in Christ. 
And I just want to say three things briefly, and then I'll stop and leave the rest to Chris to pick up in due course. The first thing I want to ask is, what stops us remaining in him? What stops us remaining in him? What stops us dwelling in him, which in turn means we're not fruitful? Well, here's three things. One, independence. You say, I don't need God. I'm, uh, you know, well, I sort of need God. You know, he, he saved me. I accept that. I want that. But pff, the rest of it, I just get on with life. I don't need God for the rest of my life. He doesn't need to in, instruct me. He doesn't need to tell me what to do. He doesn't need to, I, you know, I can just get on. And yet Jesus taught of the need for the grain of wheat to go in the ground and die. And Jesus modelled just that. A dying of self. A dying of my independence in order to be fruitful where the grain of wheat then yields 30, 60, 100 times having gone in the ground and died. The essence of sin is independence. That's at the root of it. You say, well, I don't need God. Maybe I've added God into my life, but maybe he's not really... God. I wonder where you're at with that today. The second area I just want to briefly mention is this, it's pride. It sort of links in really with independence, doesn't it? But a pride which says, I can do it my way. It's okay, I know best. I know what I'm doing. Don't really need God on this. I know how to be fruitful. I don't need to look to God to be fruitful. I look at me, I'm successful. I'm a successful businessman. I'm a, a successful businesswoman. I'm a successful artist or whatever else it may well be that you value and prize. But actually, God's not in it. It's what you're doing, not what God's doing. And the alternative to pride and that sense of I can do it my way is to say I want to be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit of God who leads us in all truth and righteousness. And the question is, which one's it going to be? To be fruitful, I need to remain in the Spirit. The Spirit who keeps me in grace. The Spirit who keeps me in truth. The Spirit who leads me in righteousness. Which one's it going to be? And then the third one I just felt God highlighting was this. Disappointment. The third way in which we can miss being fruitful, we stop remaining in God, is where disappointment takes over and says, didn't work last time. Don't try again. Don't trust God. Do it your way. Maybe because a prayer wasn't answered the way we wanted it to be answered. But the Father had different ways of answering it. Maybe because something didn't work out the way you hoped it would. And you prayed hard that it would. Maybe somebody died who you longed for to be healed. And disappointment and loss and grief often go together. Maybe it's not about uh, the grief of a loss of a loved one. Maybe it's about the grief of a loss of a relationship. Or 
something else, perhaps of a job, a career, a status. It could be all sorts of different things which uh, can lead to a disappointment which goes, I, I don't know that I can trust God any longer. I prefer not to trust God. You know, if I do it my way, then it'll be okay. But let's remember, as Proverbs 3, 11 to 12 talks about, the Father disciplines those he loves. He will direct our paths. He will take us on a, a route which he plans. And the question is, am I going to remain in him Am I going to remain in him to be fruitful, or am I going to do it my way? Now we get some clues what remaining in him looks like in this passage. It talks about remaining in him results in his word, remaining in us. There's a clue about how we can be fruitful, where his word remains in us, which leads to a prayer life where it seems you can ask anything and the Father will answer. Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean anything I want, because actually if I, his word remains in us, then there's a submission to him which, goes, which shapes how we pray. It keeps it as a relational thing, not as a formulaic thing. It's not X plus Y equals Z. I can be guaranteed this if I do that. It's I surrender myself in relationship to Almighty God. And as I surrender myself, as I trust him, as I remain in him, I can trust that he'll bring about all those things which my heart greatly desires. As my heart is submitted to him. And then it goes on, and uh, where is it? Verse 9, it, it talks about, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. We can remain in his love. Fruitfulness stems out of enjoying the love of God, enjoying the truth of his word, talking with him, walking with him together, holding hands with him. As we remain in him, we will be fruitful. God's fruitful. Not necessarily what we want, but God's fruitful. So I'd like to you know, summarize all of that I've just said with a very simple slide. It's this. So we have a choice. Remain or not. Are we going to remain in the love of God? Are we going to live in the grace of God? Are we going to be guided by his Holy Spirit who, who draws us to the Father, helps us to trust him, who brings about that intimate relationship or are we going to do it our way? Walk in our independence, in our pride, perhaps shaped by our circumstances and our story and move to a place of not being fruitful. third thing I just want to very briefly cover is bearing fruit for God ultimately results in God's glory. This is to my Father's glory, verse 8, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be disciples. In other words, disciples are designed to be fruitful. Simple as that. We're made to be fruitful. Those who are putting Christ first in our lives say, I want to follow you, Jesus. We will be fruitful. 
And in being fruitful, we bring glory and honour to God. We bring worship to God. Our lives become our worship to God. I wonder where that leaves you today. Have you made that decision? Yeah, I want to be fruitful for you, Lord. I, I don't want to just be about building my own empire. Okay, Jesus warns us about uh, how we can build our own empire. <laughs> when he talks about money and possessions, and he talks about where moth and rust perish. The stuff of the world crumbles away in the light of eternity. In 1 Corinthians 3, there is a warning there, as Paul writing to the church in Corinth says, don't forget, your works are going to be tested by fire. And for some of us, we will only uh, get through that with the whiff of smoke around us, with our works gone, because actually they weren't what God called us to be fruitful in. They were our works. But he also talks about where those things which were of God will last and endure and come with us. And uh, uh, like diamond, they won't perish in the fire. You know, there is a, there's a warning here we need to get hold of. How am I going to be fruitful? How am I going to live for God? So friends, in conclusion, I want to say this. We are designed for, fruitful, for fruitfulness. That's how God's made us. It's as simple as that. A fruitfulness which derives from dwelling in God, that is, remaining in God uh, through word, through prayer, by his spirit, enjoying his love, obeying his commands, all that we've just read about. At the heart of that will be a fruitfulness. Sorry, uh, the outflow of that will be a fruitfulness. The big question is, will we? It's a really simple question. Is that our great desire? Is that what's on our heart? God, I want, I want to bring glory and honour to you. I want to be fruitful for you. I want to see your kingdom come. Not mine, not my will be done, but yours, Lord. And so I'm going to lead us in prayer now. And I want to invite you to join me in this prayer if you want to... Um, restate that desire to God. Yeah, I want to be fruitful for you. Lord, it's all about you. We want to live to bring glory, honour and praise to you and your name. We do want to be fruitful, Lord. Fruitful in ways which will last for eternity. God, help us to lay aside the baubles of the world. our independence. Our pride. 
God, help us to remain in you, to remain in your love, to give ourselves fully to you and to seek your, your kingdom above everything else in our lives. That you would be glorified, Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Now, I'm not stopping there. As uh, you'll be aware, we've already talked about the fact we have a gift week uh, starting today. And our gift week is... Um, um, uh, is, is linked to the fact we have a mortgage on this building which we'd love to clear. And our, our current net debt uh, on our mortgage, we've made amazing progress over the last uh, few years. And our current net debt on, our, uh, on the building is £83,000, that's all. Um, for those of you who uh, don't quite get the full picture, uh, when this building was created, we, we borrowed, I think it was 1.85 million. And that, uh, actually, it was 18 years ago today that we moved into this building. And over those 18 years, this facility has served as a great base for us, but also as an amazing statement of the grace of God to literally thousands of people in and around Alton who are served through the use of this building through what happens here, through the ministry which takes place here by the church, but also as we see the building as a ministry to serve our town. And it'd be easy to think, well, we, we just want to get that cleared. And of course we do. But within that also we really sense that we want to give 10% of whatever's given to international mission. Uh, if you were in the church meeting uh, last week, John was sharing about uh, John Sage, who uh, oversees our work with the uh, uh, internationally, uh, was sharing about a recent trip he did out to uh, see Kate in Uganda, uh, and we helped uh, fund uh, part of uh, Kate being out there. We helped fund that, and uh, that's, some, that's one of our privileges and pleasures. Some of us were at the Commission Festival, and uh, part of our international. Uh, um, uh, gift from our previous gift week we, we gave to commission to say hey we're in this together we want to support this together and uh, so 10% of our offering is going to go to our international mission fund which we'll then use in various ways um, we're also putting 10% of our giving towards a fund to help uh, fund major repairs in the building long term we know that one day the boilers will break and when they do, they will cost a fortune to replace. And so we want to be good stewards of our finances. And uh, uh, we want to start putting some money aside towards significant repairs. I'm not talking about the sort of day-to-day -day refurbishment, running refurbishment, redecorating, recarpeting, things like that. I'm talking about major repairs. And so uh, that, that is what our gift week is going towards. So 10% to International Mission, 10% to the Sinking Fund, and 80% towards removing the mortgage. Now, let me tell you, when we were talking about this the other day, I, I just said to the guys, 83,000. I mean, if we're giving those two 10% away, we're talking 100,000. I wonder, do we need to have two gift weeks to do this, or can we do it in one? 
And he puts out those words, so I thought, oh no. Oh no, Andrew, surely we can't do it in one, can we? That means, Andrew, you've got to step up. Emma, we've got to step up and rethink things. And uh, so we're just putting it out there, saying it'd be great to, wouldn't it be great to see the mortgage cleared this time? Could we do that? Could we reach for that? Don't know. What have you got faith for? Ultimately, we're not saying you've got to do it. We're saying act as you feel God leads you into the fruitfulness that he wants of you. But as we come to our gift week, we decided we'd do something slightly different. Now, under your seat, you'll find that there's a card that looks like this. You may want to pick it up. If you haven't had a chance to read it, I'm just going to very briefly take you through it. Because actually the reality is, while we can give financially, some of us may feel we can't at this stage. And that's absolutely fine, and we can understand that. But maybe there's also other ways in which we can give. And so this is just a few suggestions. It's not meant to be uh, war and peace of all the different choices and all the different options of how we may choose to give of ourselves and express that. But you'll see on the front of the card one which says four steps, the, 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 color, the side which is the same color as your seats, and uh, uh, just four areas where you may want to think about giving of yourself, serving, giving your time to serve on one of our marvelous teams. On the flip side, you'll see we've listed three teams which you could get involved in serving with. Those are the ones which have a particular high level of need at the moment, but we have 20-something plus teams in the life of the church. You can sign up for anything. But if you're not at the moment serving in an area of church life, maybe now is the time to go, I'd like to do that. I'd like to give myself to that. But you may not be able to, and that's fine. There's a box you can tick there which says, I can't serve right now. Or, I'm already serving, and that's fine too. Financially, yep, we've got a gift week. If you'd like to give into our gift week, that would be fantastic. But can I also encourage you, can we also encourage you to think about regular giving? The Bible talks about tithes and offerings. The gift week is an offering. Our tithes, uh, uh, traditionally, uh, that's a tenth of our, our income. That's what the Bible would teach which Jesus affirmed in the New Testament, our tithe is for the work of the church, for the ministry of the church. That's all of our, in quotes, running costs as a church, running Alpha, uh, uh, running the building, all those different things. And so it may well be that you want to start actually giving. Maybe you don't give at the moment at all. Maybe you just want to sign up for gift aid. Gift aid gives us 25% more, courtesy of the inland revenue, if you're a taxpayer, and you fill in a gift aid form, that gives us 25% more back from the inland revenue, which is always lovely. There's a giving leaflet on the information table over to your right, my left, um, uh, which has got a gift aid form in it, and it's also got all the regular giving details, the bank account details and everything else in it. You're welcome to take one of those. Or maybe you'd like to give to our caring fund. It's a fund which exists to help people, whether they're part of Harvest Church or not, in our town, to bless people, to support people. It's an amazing fund which we use in all sorts of ways to express God's grace and love to uh, others. And uh, so you may want to do that. Uh, prayer. I want to give myself in prayer. I want to pray more. How can I pray more? Well, 
Yeah, we have corporate times of prayer. Just to say on a Sunday morning, 10 past 10, if you can get here for 10 past 10, down there in the bottom corner there, we pray together for our meeting. We pray for salvation. We pray for um, uh, God's spirit to move. We, we pray for every aspect of our Sunday mornings together. You, know, you don't need to be... Somebody said to me, oh, well, isn't that just the leaders of the meeting go to that? No, it's open to anyone. Yeah, one of my great sadnesses is often it's only like seven, eight, nine, ten people. Not that the numbers matter in that sense. But hey, guys, all of us can pray. Come and join us on a Sunday morning. Come and join us midweek when we have an hour of prayer. Or maybe you'd like prayer. On the back, you can fill in a box saying, I'd like prayer for this. We will pass that on to people who will pray for you. Um, or maybe you'd like to pray for Kate and what's going on in Uganda. We can arrange for you to get her prayer letter. Or for people who are sick and needy in our church, we can make sure you get that to enable you to pray more. So there's lots of different ways we can respond. And the final one is about being in our community. Actually, that we do community life together. And that means being part of a life group, interest groups, whether that be... Um, joining one, or you'd like more information, or maybe you'd like to start one, and you can fill that in. And uh, so what we're going to do now is we're going to ask you, um, if we can have the band back, please, we're going to ask you to give a few minutes to think about if you want to fill this in now. You may not. You may want to actually take it away, and that's absolutely fine. Next week, there'll be an opportunity to, there'll be another offering, offering moment where you can hand it in. But if you're ready to fill this in now, feel free to. The other thing is, under your chair, or every other chair, were gift week pledge envelopes. And if you're wanting to particularly make a pledge to give, um, you can pop those in the offering today too. Again, if you want to go away and think about it, that's absolutely fine. You know, it's a great thing to ask God, what can I give? How can I uh, give of the financial resources you've given me? What would you have me, how would you have me use those finances? Um, but, so you can take one of those away, or again, you can fill it in now. If you, if you know you felt God speak to you about giving uh, financially, then feel free to give, fill that in now and pop it in the offering. And in a few moments, we're going to come back into that place of worship. As we do so, uh, the stewards are going to wait on us. Baskets will come down the rows. And if you're ready to pop either of those in, feel free. No pressure if not, though. And, um, but obviously there's an opportunity again next week to do so. Katie, band, please help us to uh, worship God together. Thank you, Andrew. If I, can I encourage you, if you're able, to stand again. We're going to sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness.
Lord, we thank you that you are so generous, so generous in giving your son to die in our place, so generous in inviting us to be part of your family, so generous in being with us at all times, and so generous that you provide all our needs, Lord. And uh, Lord, I just pray that as we uh, look to give to you, of, uh, not just of our, our money, but also of our gifts as well, Lord, I pray that you would uh, stir our hearts, that you would bless us, encourage us, Lord, I pray that we would just know your heart for each one of us, Lord, and the plans that you have for us. And Lord, I pray that when that day comes and we do stand before you, you will indeed say, well done, good and faithful and fruitful servant, Lord. Amen. Just a, a few uh, things to finish then. Uh, next Saturday morning, uh, we've got our Exploring Membership course. If you've not been, one on on, been on one before and you'd like to find out a little bit more about us as a, a church and what mem membership means, uh, it's next Saturday morning between 9 and 2. There's a lunch provided. Um, if you haven't signed up, is there a clipboard somewhere over there to, uh, to just sign up? Um, if you'd like a bit more information, please come, for, come and have a chat with myself or Andrew or Karen down here about that. It's always good to have guests, as I said at the start, and if you were given a, uh, a welcome pack, please do fill in the Connect card and put it in our offering box over there so we can find out a bit more about you and uh, keep in touch with you. Uh, all of our other uh, information is in our weekly update. Um, if you don't receive the email update, please come and uh, speak to Karen about that. And uh, in a moment, we're going to have refreshments out in the cafe area. And uh, parents, please do uh, go and quickly collect your children and thank the children's workers. Thank you.